Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ. I'm your host, DJ. And each week I bring you topics about current events, career development, finance, holistic living, personal development, life hacks, and stories of inspiration and humor. All from a spiritual perspective. So be sure to subscribe, follow, like, comment, and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your thoughts and comments are always appreciated and welcome. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. My guest this week is Reverend James Webb Jr. He's an ordained interfaith minister who serves as the senior minister of the Tacoma Metaphysical Chapel in Silver Spring, Maryland. He has earned a bachelor's degree in economics from the Wharton School, a master's degree in finance from New York University, and a master of counseling from the New Seminary. He has three decades of counseling experience helping countless people construct their path of contentment. Dr. Webb's latest book, The Soul of Prosperity, available on Amazon.com, is currently his latest book. Reverend Webb has studied and taught metaphysics for over 30 years, facilitating nationwide lectures and workshops. He has also served on the faculty of Inner Visions Institute, um, salute there to Iyanla Vinzant, <laughs> who I love, and the New Seminary in New York, and was vice president of marketing for a Washington, D.C. information technology firm before pursuing his dream of full-time ministry. He now conducts classes, workshops, and consultations nationwide. His warm, loving demeanor and inspiring counseling style has helped many transcend their fears, doubts, and limitations to manifest happiness, abundance, and a deeper spiritual connection. Thank you for joining me. So much my pleasure, DJ. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So uh, what is your experience like working for the Inner Visions Institute? And the reason why I asked, because I know Iyanla Vincent, who I just, I loved her show when it was on the air. I, I still watch reruns of the show because it's so powerful. But you actually was on the faculty of her um, Inner Visions Institute. So imagine the show and show and multiply it by about 50 because there were generally 50 people in each class. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful seeing people come in hurt and broken and facilitating them to leave empowered, joyful, with new energy on life. And that's mm-hmm. basically what the Institute has done for so many people. It's helped them to find their voice. It's helped them to find their power. It's helped them to find their purpose. And it's helped them to heal. And mm-hmm. it has been such a joy being a part of that. Wow. Wow. So how um, so how did you even find out about um, the Inner Visions Institute? Well, it was a, one of those chance things. Uh, this is my third book. And I was actually delivering my second book to them and putting them in the Inner Visions library. And somebody stopped me and said, who are you? And I said, who I was. 
and we started chatting and next thing you know upstairs to meet faculty and we started chatting some more next thing you know they said well you know we have this course called practical books and we have this course called ministerial development and you would be perfect to teach these courses i said mm-hmm. that would be such an honor and the rest is history wow. and some of the folks uh, who were on the faculty are still the best of friends for example revy bevy is one of my dear friends i was mm-hmm. her teacher and then we co-taught together wow so and so a little give a little background i'm a uh unity of washington dc member and um and ironically um you know the membership of the the where you are um a senior minister uh i guess there's some uh, i don't know if there's affiliation with the tacoma uh, metaphysical chapel in springfield but um, it's definitely some overlapping when it comes to um, our beliefs and um, sort of how we look at um, metaphysical and, and new thought. And even there's some overlapping when it comes to individuals that we know um, in those circles. Yes. So it's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's a small world and getting smaller every day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So as you mentioned before, um, and I mentioned as well in the intro, that your new book is um, The Soul of Prosperity. So what is The Soul of Prosperity? Well, I use that title because it uh, a take on one of my core uh, reference books, which is The Pathwork of the Soul by Eva Pierakos. That book is a very old book, but it looked at that we can transform all of the hurt in our souls. Mm-hmm. And as a spin-off from that book, The Soul of Prosperity is about the inner soul work that can draw prosperity to us effortlessly. We think of prosperity as stuff. But when you think about a certain scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be unto you, it gives a new meaning to it's about this spiritual feeling of oneness with the source, this lack of separation with the source that fills you with joy and peace and good. And when you're filled with that, you uh, attract that to you. And so mm-hmm. the soul of prosperity is about doing the soul work to attract prosperity to you effortlessly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it is it's a slightly different approach. It's a more holistic approach because it views prosperity not just as stuff. It views mm-hmm. prosperity as peace of mind, harmonious relationships, a proper career that is satisfying and supportive, finances that are not a source of grief. So it's a broader view of prosperity because when you have all of those things, everything else goes to your natural. And mm-hmm. it goes to creating that space within that attracts those things and helps you to create those things in your outer world. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that your book does mention is the six dimensions of prosperity. You know, because a lot of times we think of prosperity and abundance, we think about money, right? A house, a car, yes. you know, and not exactly. think about... So I like that you mentioned that there's a relationship prosperity, family prosperity, occupational 
prosperity, financial prosperity, physical, spiritual relationship. So, um, and I think I have a relationship relationship twice. I guess that's something that I need to, you know, put for sometimes we, we, we don't, we don't, um, we don't, when we were writing out our intentions, cause you know, is a, is a, 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 a new thought student, um, you yes. know that you need to write, have clear intentions or, or for people who may not know what, what I mean by intentions, it means a, a, a goal. And that goal um, is a, I mean, the income, that the intention and the outcome are the same thing. So the thing that you will desire to bring into manifestation to happen to be your experience, you need to say, this is what I want. And that thing that you say that you want is the in, is the in thing, the in thing and the out thing. <laughs> so, yes, um, but yes. a lot of times we just, we don't think about um, certain pieces of that. We think about, oh, I want this house or this car, or this job. I want this much money in my savings account. But we don't think about the other components of that that need to be um, evaluated as well about your quality of life. While those things, you may, you may get the house, you may get the car, the job and all those things, but all the other pieces of that that you forgot um, may cause you not to have such a fulfilling experience when those things show up. Exactly. I was working on Wall Street in a fabulous house for Montclair, the envy of everybody that I knew uh, in a relationship and I was miserable. And it's not that I'm denigrating stuff because I still like stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Stuff is a byproduct. What was not happening for me was prosperity on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that put everything on the outside at risk. I was miserable in a miserable relationship. I had a home that was so expensive that it was a source of worry, uh, which of course, contributed to the misery in the relationship. I had a job that was working me to death and I was absolutely burned out that was totally unfulfilling. So I had all the stuff and no prosperity. And that's what brought me to a different path to prosperity. Mm-hmm. So, re- so, so, is... now I have... Go ahead. so now uh, I, you know, that was 30 years ago and I reconfigured my life and I have plenty of fun stuff but I also have as the underpinning to all, all of that, a sense of harmony, a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of purpose, uh, an awareness of this loving force within and an awareness of this loving force working on my behalf in the universe, as well as all the stuff. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes, it makes good sense. Because like I was saying earlier, that if you... It, um, the definition of prosperity, like I said earlier, is, is different for everyone. And I think anyone who sort of be, stumbles onto metaphysics, um, stumbles onto new thought, the first thing that gets your attention is I'm, I'm going to get stuff. <laughs> How do I get stuff? You know? Yeah, exactly. How do I get stuff? How do I get stuff? And then, and it does work. I mean, I'm I'm a person who has benefited greatly from from metaphysics and and new thought um, concepts, and and I was also one of those individuals who who um, didn't think about uh, how is this going to feel. You know, it's like I, I want this, I want that, I want you know this house, I want this 
car, I want this job, and I want this salary, but not considering, well, is this going to feel right? And like he was just mentioning, you didn't incorporate your quality of life. I mean, it would be a good idea to think, okay, well, maybe I should also include in that I don't want to work a lot of hours. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Fabulous house, fabulous car, uh, seven-figure job on Wall Street. Hey, I'm working 200 hours a week, and I'm miserable. Yeah, exactly. And I came to the understanding that you have to also include that in your, you know, when you're defining all these things and and so-called being clear about what you want, you know, you have to also incorporate those things. Don't make the assumption like I did that those things will will be that way once those things are achieved, because um, there will be sacrifices to make. Exactly. And that's the premise of the book. It's that most people think that prosperity is stuff. Mm-hmm. And most people don't realize that prosperity is you begin to build from within so mm-hmm. that nothing outside of you threatens. You know, and, you know, we use the example of all the stuff that becomes crushing. You know, for example, what good is a, a six-figure income if you've got a seven-figure debt? What good is a fabulous job if you spend four hours a day commuting? And... When you build it from within, you know, you build a life that is joyful no matter what. And the stuff happens naturally. And the inner forces that would otherwise sabotage your life and make it a house of cards are not there anymore. One of the chapters of the book that people love the most Mm -hmm. is the chapter about your inner sabotage. Most people identify with I've got that, I've got this, I've got that. And it's all, and it all always seems to be threatened by my inner fears, mm-hmm. by my inner doubts, by subtle shames that I didn't even know I had, mm-hmm. by worries, by regrets. And those inner saboteurs chip away, not only at the stuff, but at the happiness that the stuff is to present. And those inner saboteurs make all the stuff that we build like a house of cards because mm-hmm. at any moment at it, with, a, with a blow up or with some sort of thing it could all go up in smoke yeah. but if we build this foundation of peace and joy from within then everything that we achieve is achieved with peace and joy and there is peace and joy knowing that it's not going to blow up in any moment because mm-hmm. it's not the source of our joy and happiness. It is the outpicturing or the external vision of our internal joy and happiness. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense. And to anyone who's listening who don't quite understand what that means in terms of building, um, building, you know, the concept that I always think about is um, so um, within, so without. And what that means is, is the, your uh, internal world, your, your, the world that your spiritual world, the world that's within yourself, if that's all jacked up, regardless of what's going on around you or how wonderful it is or how bad things is, that's going to eventually show up on the outside. <laughs> so if you have things that are wanted on the outside, the world is jacked up. Yeah. exactly. If your inner world is jacked up, 
want to jack up your outer world. So all exactly. those things that you have created in your outer world are built on waiting for your inner world to jack up. Oh, you yeah. said it better than I ever could. Thank you. You should have written the book. You know, uh, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you by experience. I'm telling you by experience that you know, I, I, and when I read that, I went, "Oh my God!" You know, because I knew how I felt. I mean, I had things that I accumulated, certain things, but I knew how I felt on the inside, and yes. I knew that, oh snap, if I don't fix this, then it has to show up on the outside, and what you did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I got a front row seat. <laughs> there you, know. you go. There you go. Yes. One of so the, the first half of the book. Go ahead. So the first half of the book builds that idea. And the second half of the book says, so how do you shore up the inside in the same way that you build a new foundation for a house even if the house is standing? So how do you shore up the inside so that you can create even more of in a way where it won't uh, just fall away from you or get mm -hmm. jacked up. Exactly. And your book um, actually, it gives you exercises, which is one of the first books that I've seen that speaks on prosperity um, to do that. Because usually, you know, they focus on all the other things that have to be done externally, but don't spend as much time on the things that have to be internally done, like the meditation piece of it that that is key to yes. um to this because again if you you're trying to have you know if, you know, if what i'm saying is correct and i feel it is that the internal world that you are creating has to show up on the outside and you haven't um really figured out how to do that yet then what are probably the things that may be missing from that um is, is meditation Yes, yes, absolutely. Meditation is so important for several reasons. One of the first reasons that meditation is important is because it connects you with the unconscious thoughts that would otherwise sabotage your good. Carl mm -hmm. Jung, psychiatrist, said, we must make the unconscious conscious. Otherwise, it will continue to ruin our lives and we will just call it fate. But when we become aware of our unconscious, for example, here I am with this nice suit, this nice, but I don't feel like I deserve it because I don't feel like, I feel like a pile of dog poop in, inside. And so here I am with this, uh, this major meeting and I freeze. Or here I am with this major experience and I snap out at somebody. Or here I am at this major thing and I miss the train. These are all ways that our inner saboteurs might sabotage the good that we achieved. And so what the book does is it helps you to go inside and advise us to build that firm foundation so those inner saboteurs are not there. And so they can create the next levels of your prosperity, no matter where you are on the journey, in a way there, where there is nothing within you that will threaten it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So one of the questions that I used to ask myself a lot um, is if I, you know, because it's really about feeling, because, you know, when you're trying to, you know, manifest an experience into your life, one of the things that you're, you're going to be, you're going to learn, I'm sure you'll, you know, you're going to have to 
um, really tap into is how does it, it feel? You know, you want to know how it is, is this going to feel for me sort of to, to bring this into the manifestation. And the question that I always ask is, well, if I don't know what it feels like to have a have a, you know, a relationship, a, a healthy relationship, if I don't know what it feels like to have a, a great job, then how am I going to manifest something that I don't even know what it feels like? Yes. Well, the common denominator in everything that feels good is love. Mm. So when you meditate and you feel a sense of love, when you feel peace, when you feel a sense of inner joy that had been covered away over by worry, regret, self-criticism, self-condemnation, and fear of others attacking you, when you meditate, you get rid of all and the only thing left is the light within you. And the light within you is simply a force and source of love. So you go to that basic feeling, love. And then you ask, how would love show up on the job? How would love show up in the relationship? Let's just use a couple of examples. Love shows up in relationship as you feeling a sense of love and being able to share that fully with someone without defenses, without fearing that you're going to get hurt or anything. And you then attracting someone who reflects the same thing to you. Love without condition, understanding, compassion. And you are not trying to steal love from each other, trying to control each other because you think you're both the source of love, but you're trying to build on the love that you reflect in each other. How does it show up on the job? It shows up on the job like I am doing what I do because on some level, it is an act of love. No matter what I do, I'm helping someone, I'm helping a vision, I'm contributing to something with love. And that love is shown back to me in the form of compensation, mm -hmm. in the form of respect, in the form of harmony with my coworkers. So you go to the basic feeling of love because love is a love is the cornerstone that can build a life of prosperity and we all know what it feels like to feel love mm -hmm. we know because we know that quite often it's different than feeling unloved in so you mm -hmm. go to that basic feeling and then you ask how would this show up there how would this show up there i've not had experience of it but if this showed up there how would it look and then our internal we know what love looks like we know how love would look on the job. And that internal compass then gives us a vision. Because when we connect mm -hmm. with that source of love, we're connecting with all the wisdom. Mm -hmm. And all that mm -hmm. wisdom will give us a vision. Does that make sense, mm -hmm. DJ? It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, it looks a lot of sense to me about when you, because I mean, like you said, everyone, it, uh, love is a universal um concept idea feeling and once you're able to translate that into all aspects of your life if, regardless if it's finance or because you said that, that that really you know love is energy money is energy everything is energy and yes. you're tapping into that oh i can take this idea of love and and apply it to all aspects of my life and when i'm able to envision love in my finances, love in my relationships, love in my job, then that's what it shows up as. So if I get what you're saying. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. It's exactly. An example on the job. Everything is a cry for love. Everything is an opportunity to love. And so, so you have a coworker that works your nerves, right? <laughs> so one day you get into this confrontation with a coworker, right? And they haven't done their work and that's putting you at risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so you two get into a conversation, right? And when you do this, you realize, wait a minute, this person is hurting and I am hurting. But there's a place within me that is simply love. Let me let that love come up. Let me let that love come up and take the form of compassion for the person. Let me let that love come up and take the form of compassion for myself so that I do not feel like I'm going to get hurt or punished because of this. And let love enter in that interaction. And before you know it, that interaction will change. Mm-hmm. You two will become, instead of becoming enemies, you will become co-conspirators in a common vision of love. And love is the ingredient that might be missing. So that's how love shows up on the job in a very practical way to help you get the job done, to help you get that bonus, to help you get that raise or that promotion. Because all of a sudden, you have harmony instead of disharmony. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have productivity instead of unproductivity. All of a sudden, you have joy and energy instead of someone grabbing at your joy. And you mm-hmm. consider mm-hmm. Joy. That makes sense, DJ. It makes a lot of sense to me because one, I mean, one of the things that that love may be, it may you may uh, you know experience a, a certain level of love when it comes to your job that it may be the love may need to be uh, extended to a different job. <laughs> <laughs> love will move you like that old song. Love should have brought you home last night. Love will move you to a different. Job. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, you know. You know, and that's the thing, because, you know, in one of the books that I, I really love is Marianne Williamson's um, uh, Return to Love, where she says, you know, there's only two emotions. It's, it's, it's love, love and fear. And um, and then if you're not experiencing love, then it is fear. And sometimes when we don't, we are not having the best experience in our, our job or we are not having the best experience when it comes to our finances and we are in a state of fear. Um, yes. then you know what's going to come out of that is probably more negative experiences. Exactly. <laughs> out of that. Exactly. exactly. So, exactly. and then trying to figure out how do I navigate that and turn this into a fear-based um, mindset about around whatever subject that we're talking about, your different the different dimensions that you just, you know, that are in your book, um, the soul prosperity. Um, trying to shift that for how do like okay, well, how do I shift that from this place of fear that I'm in to a place of love so I can experience the feeling of abundance yes. and attract more abundance? <laughs> yes, I have a chapter in the book that addresses this. The chapter in the book is the chapter on honoring your emotions and releasing the negative energies and negative emotions. Where you go to your safe space where you won't harm yourself or anyone else. And it's your safe space because you've become adept at meditating there. You've become adept at drawing into you a sense of peace, a sense of light, a sense of joy, a sense of grace. And in that space, you may have unconscious ideas, unconscious memories, unconscious emotions, unconscious energies that come up. Mm-hmm. They come up for healing. So you release them. And you let, let's call it the light of love, the light that comes from source, the support and the wisdom, 
flow into those places where there has been release. And this release can be anything. It can be talking, it can be singing. Uh, some people use cathartic release, like beating the pillow or drumming or going to the gym and, and going their exercise cycle and, and until they can't, until they work up a sweat. But anything that moves that old energy out, because any energy within you is going to attract its reflection. Yeah. So when you move that old energy out and you move in wisdom and grace and love, you've got more love to attract more love. You've got yeah. less fear to attract less fear. You've got more power to attract more power. You've got less feeling victimized to attract more victimization. And so chapter, and this is the X factor. One of the X factors of prosperity is healing our emotions so that we vibrate with the love that we want to attract so that we vibrate with the love that we want to show up in every aspect of our lives. And that's the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the key. One you know, of the... Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. One I of the, the no, you're you're you know you, you I can tell you are a, a a great preacher. I can I, you know if you call it preaching, I, I know that some people don't call it preaching anymore. They call it a talk, um, but because uh, preaching something has a bad connotative, you know, um, uh, you know, to it. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, but you you're preaching over here in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the things that stood out when I was reading your book was that um, you said that um, that prosperity is is some is like like pornography. I said, okay, that's that's, that's a different take on. on <laughs> I was like, that's a different take on on it. You know, I said, okay, well, okay, let me read more into that. And so, but I thought it was amazing how you had had worded that. You know, and I want you to talk a bit about that because I thought it was profound, you know, how you had you had subtitled that and also your how you explained it. Yes. Um, back in, I believe, the 60s, there was a justice to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice Brennan, and they were trying. The Supreme Court was looking at obscenity laws and he said, I don't know. I don't know how to define pornography, but I know it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is true of prosperity. We may not know how to define it. We may not know how it can show up in our lives. And you said something to this effect earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I know what this is if I've never experienced it before? You know it when you experience it. Yeah. When you experience when you experience peace, you know it. When you experience harmony, you know it. When you experience this sense that everything is going to be okay, no matter how it looks in the moment, you know it. And that's what prosperity is. It's that inner sense that all is well, and not just as a talking point, but that inner knowing that all is well. Because there is so little within you that could produce or attract negativity. Mm -hmm. So much within you that can only produce good that you walk yeah. with a little, with a little bit more pep in your step, that you smile a little brighter, that your chest goes out a little bit more, that you just find joy in everything, and you experience more and more joy, and that's what prosperity is. 
It doesn't, you know, and did I say anything about a house, a car, or a fur coat? No. <laughs> it's it's inner you know, Jesus said, oh, I'm preaching now, but that's okay. Jesus said, <laughs> Seek the per you know, the kingdom, of, know ye not that the kingdom of heaven lives within. That inner space of light and peace and joy is what attracts prosperity to you. Seek ye first that kingdom of heaven and all else shall be added unto you. Then everything else happens effortlessly. Like mm -hmm. the example with work, where work becomes effortless and harmonious, you get inspiration because every time you sit down, let me tell you a story about something that happened years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I sat down and meditated about something, right? And this information just came to me. I'll tell you how long ago this was. This was when you had diskettes that you put in the computer, right? Mm -hmm. So all this information came to me and I started typing it out, typing it out, typing it out, typing it out. Well, the president of my company and I about Three or four days later, the president of my company and I, we were on the same elevator. We were on the way up to the higher floor than I was going to. And he said, he didn't, he called me Webbins. So he said, Webbins, what you working on? And I, I said, I'm working on a joint marketing project with some of our distribution channels. And he said, that's so funny, Webbins, because later when I'm having a meeting with, and I won't mention the name of the company, it was a, a company that was one of our distribution channels. And he said, oh, you, I said, well, you know, if you want, I can put together a little something for you. What I didn't tell him was I'd already put it together because I don't think I it. And it was already on. I went back down to my office. I took a nap. Then I put that disc in, changed the date, changed a couple of other things, took it up to him and said, well, I kind of put this together. Let me know what you think. And his eyes got biggest pancakes. It's like, you put this together in an hour? And I'm like, well, I just had some ideas. That project made my company a lot of money and made me one of the biggest bonus I or anyone had ever seen. Wow. And that's what prosperity does. It's this allowing this flow that flows in your to your advantage. It flowed in such a way that I attracted being on the elevator with him at the right time, in the right place. It flowed in such a way that when he asked me what I was doing, I already had the right people done. Oh, I could go down to my office and take a nap for an hour and act mm -hmm. like I was doing something mm -hmm. and then take it up to him and, and made us and made our company a lot of money. And so that is cool of how the flow comes from source. Mm -hmm. And it has to come into a willing vessel, a receptacle, a receptacle that is compatible with the love that source is. And love takes different forms like information and guidance, right? Mm -hmm. And when that inner space is prepared, uh, then that good reflected to us in our outer world and we can attract. And that's an example of it. Does that make any sense, DJ? Makes perfect sense. I mean, that's the good that's the good preaching right there that you're doing. That's the good stuff, you know. And um, but and one thing that I did definitely key in on on what you just said was that about being a being a vessel for 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 because you know, and I'm a career coach and, and a professional um, a personal development coach. And sometimes when I'm talking to a client and they are really in a negative funk about something, you know, and, you know, for a particular subject and I'm like, well, because you're in a negative concept, a negative, a negative idea with the CEO, totally very different. Right. So as he's called you out your name, 
you could have copped the attitude. Like, yeah. you know, his son of a this son of a gun over here, you know. And My mama didn't me that. <laughs> right, exactly. And told him about himself, you know. And that whole thing could have went totally left. But because you were in a certain state of mind already, you didn't you didn't process any of that that way. And it turned into something that benefit you greatly. So yes. what's one of the lessons that I try to try and I actually mean you try number one myself is that when things come up that may not look like love, you can't allow that to dictate the way that you the way that you are experiencing love because it will diminish you know the way that you're processing it. So therefore you've been pulled out of your game. Yes. So now you can't receive what you supposed to see because you stepped out of that love. So it goes back to what you were saying earlier about when you're looking at abundance. And I asked you the question about, you know, these different kinds of prosperities and, and what is the you said the common denominator is love. And that's the thing. The thing is that, you know, you what you explained to me was that you were in a state of love in terms of your job and you were experiencing a career prosperity mindset and that's why you were able to have that conversation and get that outcome yes exactly exactly prosperity is about making ourselves a receptacle for love mm -hmm. Rumi the Sufi poet basically said everything already exists he said it in terms of love our task is to remove all the barriers between us and the love that already exists. And love takes all the forms of prosperity. So our task is to remove the barriers, remove the self-doubt, remove the feelings of defensiveness, remove the feelings of grievance that would cause us to see something through the lens of grievance, like would cause would have caused me to see him saying weapons is like, you don't know who I am. I'll make you more money than any of these other fools. <laughs> and, as a, and being in that constant state of the flow of love mm -hmm. is basically is the magnet for us to create every way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing that, I mean, to your, your book, The Soul Prosperity, that which we be found on Amazon.com. Um, definitely, I mean, I, I could say the book that you've written, and, and I was amazed when I, I was looking at a review that Iyanla Van Zandt herself um, gave on your on your book. And um, so I'm just like, okay, this guy's the man right here, you know. What I mean, because you know, I have such a respect for Yonla Van Zant because I've seen the work that she does and and, I, and the stuff that I saw her do on her show. I, I've never seen anything like it in my life. So, um, so, so to me to have her saying, you know, to review your book and saying, you know, you got to buy this book. This guy knows what he's talking about. That definitely made me feel like, wow, you know, this this guy, you know does know he's talking about and actually reading the book for myself and seeing how you identified some um, really key pieces that need to be addressed when it comes to, um, you know, and again, I said the word prosperity. Um, we're looking at prosperity from all aspects of life, not just the physical things, but also the more important the internal things that are going on within 
and how you address those things. And when you address the saboteur, I went, okay, this guy right here, know, <laughs> he knows some stuff because that saboteur right there will, will jack everything up. One of the, the saboteurs that I think that one of the one of the things that I've been talking about lately with different um, guests on this show has been forgiveness, because forgiveness has seemed to be one of the things that that can be one of the barriers that you mentioned air about barriers that stops us from from fulfilling, you know, even callings in our own life because we're we we have not forgiven something. And so. How do you, in terms of forgiveness, how do you, um, you know, sometimes, you know, forgiveness isn't just like, oh, I forgive this person. Like, oh, I know, this, I know, I know, you know, intellectually, I know that forgiveness is like, okay, I know I have to forgive because if I want to, you know, move forward to get beyond, to get my stuff, <laughs> I have to do, I have to, have to, get, my <laughs> to get my stuff. <laughs> I got to just forgive this things. Let's get started. But it's yeah. not, but it's not like that. So how does one uh, move to forgiveness? Let, let's look, let's look at forgiveness. You see, if you want to change, make radical to your life, you may have to take a radical approach. So let's look at forgiveness in a radically different way. What if forgiveness didn't have anything to do with the other person? What if the other person just scratched something that was already there within you that needed to come for you. Something that was already within you that was uh, a no. And that other person just showed you your no so that you could turn it into a yes. So how does this work? Okay, you go into a job interview, right? Who likes to be rejected? Anybody out there who likes to be rejected, raise your hand. I don't think you'd get a hand. Because right? mm -hmm. nobody likes to be rejected, right? So you go to a job interview, but what is that job interview? It is an out picturing of what you've got going on inside. Mm. If you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel qualified, guess what? That's going to come across one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get So why are you wasting mad at the company that didn't, that didn't hire you? Why are you wasting energy getting mad at the bank that didn't give you a loan? Why are you wasting energy at the person who left you and probably did you a favor when they left you? Mm. Why are you getting mad at them as opposed to saying, let me look within me and see what is the energy within me that is saying no? And when I find the energy within me that is saying no, I can apply the love, the grace, the wisdom, and the guidance of source, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, to that place. I can heal that place. I can heal that wound. I can heal that fear. I can heal that sense of not enoughness. I can heal that, the, the old memories of old wounds that, that I still have carrying on within me. And when I get into a place of feeling at one with that sense of love and love, that's an inner state of forgiveness. And notice that had nothing to do with the one who left you, had nothing to mm -hmm. do with the one who fired you. And it had nothing to do with the one who rejected you. It has to do with you. I have this saying, everything I see begins and ends with me. Mm -hmm. Everything I see is an outpicturing of my own unconscious energy. And when I make that energy conscious, I can make a conscious choice to heal energy that I know is going to produce something I won't like. 
And if I'm producing something I won't like in my outer world, I know that it's an invitation to go within for everything is a lesson the universe would have me learn so that I could learn simply to love. Mm. And so that's a different way to look at forgiveness. Forgiveness yes. has nothing to do with the other person because basically the other person is just reading from the script you and Forgiveness has to do with going within you and getting to an inner place of peace, harmony, and alignment and oneness with the source force for love. Mm -hmm. That source and force for love touches those places with us that are hurting, that are wounded, that are scared, that are dying. And when love touches those places, those places feel love. And when those places feel love, they vibrate with love. Those places vibrate with love, they emanate love. And when they emanate love, they attract love. Does that make any sense, DJ? Yeah, it really does. It really does. So what I get from that is that, you know, forgiveness really, I mean, we, we I think we understand it intellectually, especially a, a true student in terms of, you know, um, forgiveness is about dealing with my own stuff. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the other person. Yes. But then, you know, somehow it gets twisted back around to you did this to me, <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> So, so what I like about that is re re reaffirming the the concept and the idea is that um, what you said earlier was that even before a per even before the offense that has occurred, there was already something within you that energetically, you know, brought about that experience for you to go. Oh, there's something in me that I need to fix, respond, apply love to. So to me, that's that's uh, profound to me. Yes, and that's that's radical, and it's profound, and that approach can have profound changes in our lives because that you know once again the X factor of prosperity is applying love to those places within that have not known, felt, or experienced. And all of those layers of our consciousness were there. They have not known, felt, experienced love, start to know love, start to feel love, start to experience love. Every part of us will vibrate with love. And there is less and less of us to vibrate with something else. And when we what we vibrate with is what we attract. And when you vibrate with love, it shows up everywhere in the world. Yes, yes. You know, one thing that I love that uh when I was talking to Reverend Charlotte um, Stokes Manning, and she tells the story about she was in another country, and you know you in in this you know in, in, in India, or um, I think it was a different country where it was, it was a South Asian country that she was in, a Southern Asian country, and she was you know um, disrespected um, there, you know called out called a name, a racial you know derogatory word. And she's like, wow, over here too? <laughs> and she was actually with Marianne Williams at the time. And um, and she always tells the story that Marianne Williams, Williams said that when, when race is no longer an issue for you, then it'll stop showing up in your experience. And I think that's very profound because, again, you know, it's like it's still it comes back. It comes to you and your experience, who you are, you know, what are the things that you are dealing with? 
and it's no longer, you know, it's no longer saying is you, 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 it's the world, is everybody else. Not saying these things are not in the world, but when you choose uh, as the, like that quote in the Bible, I'm probably going to jack it up, but basically what it's saying is that when you decide to no longer, um, you know, play in the world that way, when you no longer are willing to to be in the world that way, then um, you, you don't, you don't, it, it stops showing up in your experience. And I think that's a hard one for a lot of people because um, we are told that we're right. We're right to blame others, you know, and we're right to blame. Like, you know, this person did what to you, then, you know, you have every right to be angry with them. You know, why are you looking at yourself? Are you crazy? You know, so you sort of we're told that we're supposed to be angry. So it does take a shift to go, well, wait a second, you know, um, maybe I, I can sue, <laughs> but I do know that the truth of the matter, spiritually speaking, that it's really, this is really resonating from, from me. And I think it takes a lot of growth when everybody is around you you have every right to be angry, every right to be mad. And you're like, well, I, I, I have right. Well, I should be mad. <laughs> and when, you know, yeah. and so you, you missed the lesson that way too. So it, it, it so it, I think it does become complicated, you know, in a way when when you have to say to well, you know, to me, you don't have to really say anything to anybody about you know the spiritual work that you have to do. But um, yes. but it it does I think become difficult when you want to be angry at the person, but and everyone is saying to you that you should be angry. You know what I think about when I think about that? I think about an old commercial. Uh, that was a, a commercial about stopping at a stop sign and all that stuff, walking across the street in a crosswalk, and it would be right, dead right. You can be right to walk in that crosswalk. But if you see a car coming at you at 60 miles an hour, yeah, you have a right to be there. That car's going to mow you down. <laughs> so I, <laughs> you can be right, dead right. Right, dead so, <laughs> Do you want to be righteous and hurt? Or do you want to be at peace and enjoy? And that's a choice we have to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A choice we have to make. You know, you can, you know, I call it tilting at windmills, like the man of the mantra, where we could go, uh, uh, you know, after this and after that and after this and after that. And we spend our energy, uh, you know, defending ourselves against this and attacking that before it attacks us and blaming this and projecting that and shaming this person. Now, where do we get the energy to sit and receive the good? that the universe has for us if we're spending all our energy doing that, right? Right, right. Exactly. And I love that that analogy that you just presented, you know, yeah, because sometimes people would rather be be uh, righteous and, you know, um, and and put themselves at risk um, instead of being, you know, um, you know, considered, you know, I don't know if wrong is the right word. But you know, would you rather be at peace? That's what I was. There you go. I'd rather be right and at peace, or wrong and you know, <laughs> and well, <laughs> you know. So yeah. So 
So that I, I definitely, definitely, um, I mean, to me, everything you're saying is is definitely on point. Um, I think uh, one your book is a book that you definitely need to have on your desk. <laughs> if you're into, um, you know, manifesting and prosperity in the true sense of the word, you know, one of the words that I used to uh, used to ask people all the time when they say abundance. So I'm like, you know, I said people like, you know, when you say abundance, what do you mean by abundance? Because um, there's abundance of a lot of things that I do not want. <laughs> So let's be clear when you say abundance. So so I was so thankful that you used the word prosperity instead, because to me, prosperity identifies is not about an abundance of something because there's certain abundance of things I don't want. But prosperity is something that is wanted. And then even getting real clear that when you say prosperity, you say the soul of prosperity, you're really identifying that this isn't about necessarily the physical world first. We're talking about the spiritual aspects of prosperity first. So that really, I'm okay, this is, this is, uh, a, you know, the, the approach that I would, I definitely, definitely, um, Definitely that that speaks to where I am in terms of prosperity. I'm just tired of reading the books about this. Um, when you're reading entry, entry entry level stuff, this book is not entry level, even though you're reading it. And it's, a, it's not a, it's not a difficult read at all. It's definitely a read that that's easy to read. But the principles within your book are definitely not entry level, uh, entry level Manifestate. This is stuff that I think once you've been doing this for a while and you're looking for a new approach, I think this is um, Prosperity 2.0. Yes, yes, thank you. And the thing I love about it is the second half that helps you build a roadmap. So you want to experience this? This is the roadmap. Look, what is your vision? What are the things that you have already identified that stand between you and that vision? What are the tools that you can apply to that? What prayers, what affirmations, what healing techniques, what is the inner saboteur that's saying no? How can you attract, how can you work with that inner saboteur? So you literally, it's almost like paint by numbers, the second half. It's almost like you can identify your goal and then do everything in a very methodical way to get there. And that, I think, is one of the other things that people like about it, especially the Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get the hard copy so I can get my highlighter out and start hi- highlighting things because, you know, it's one of those books that you definitely want to have. It's it's it's, it's not just a book. It's a, it's a handbook to me. It definitely is a handbook, one that you want to read through, not just read through once, but definitely um, have it as a go to when you definitely are getting stuck in the process of manifesting because you know you, you go through those you you there you know there's a it's a simple process you know state what you want um after you state what it is that your intention is you move to gratitude and you just wait until it shows up and that's pretty much it but there are all kinds of twists and turns that people yes. don't tell you about in those exactly. different steps and you address 
a lot of those, I mean, many, I mean, all the twists and turns that I've spoken to is, have, have ran into the saboteur, you know, uh, where's my stuff? <laughs> you know, why is it not here yet? You know, yeah. all those things and, and the meditation piece of it that's need to be there. Yeah. You know, the work that has to be done in the meanwhile, like what Ayala Vizek says, in the meantime, you know, there's what that has to be done. So to me, it's awesome, an awesome book. I, I I think you do realize what you've created. Um, and I'm glad that you, you do, but I think it's it's profound. So I wanted to be clear about it, that the audience know that it's, it's a definitely a, a great book to, to have as a handbook in terms of if you're, you know, spiritually based, if you're not, but if you're definitely spiritually based and you read many books about about the law of attraction or about manifesting and about abundance and prosperity. This is a book that I think definitely gives you a full broader approach to some of the hangups that happen in the process. I feel so complete because you have such a grasp that you've articulated uh, the essence of prosperity. And so you've done your listeners are a wonderful service, and I'm glad to and honored to have been here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, and you can get my book Amazon.com. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll definitely have to say that. And also, I have the link of it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, also, I have the links in the show description for the book and also your website as well. Yes, and there's plenty of content on my website. I'm adding more every day. Uh, that can help uh, to get to their prosperity goals. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me. I enjoyed this conversation immensely. Oh, it's been my pleasure, DJ. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, thank you.